0: Welcome to Episode 5 of Teach. This is going to be a big one today, as we're going to be joined by the community lead for NBA Top Shot, Jacob Eisenberg. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy, coming to you from Dubai. It is a lovely summer evening here, and I'm really excited to be with you today. This episode is a beginner episode. It's going to be focused primarily on getting to know Jacob and learning about some some interesting aspects about the future of NBA Top Shot, uh, which is probably the most widely known NFT project to date. Uh, But first, there is a big announcement. It is with great pleasure that I announce the first member of the NFTech team. I am very stoked to announce that Adam Fish, yes, the Adam Fish, who gave us that killer analysis last episode on episode four, will be the new NFT NBA Top Shot lead correspondent. I am really looking forward to his great takes and growing the podcast with Adam. He's going to be a huge part of what I'm building here. You can follow Adam at Keep Fishing on Twitter. And Fishing is spelled F I S C H I N. Again, congratulations to Adam. I'm really looking forward to building this thing with him and taking the podcast to new heights. Now, a word from our sponsors, My Moment. Yeah. Collecting just got physical. NFTs have changed the game, giving you the ability to show off your moments online. But now, you can showcase your collection in real life. My Moment allows you to turn any digital moment into a physical card, display top shot moments, bored apes, hash musks, or even low-effort punks on your desk or in your man cave or woman cave. Just visit mymoment.com. And that is my dot com And use promo code nFTeach for 25% off your first order. That's M Y M O M I N T dot com and promo code NFTeach for 25% off. And we are back. I am joined by a very, very special guest today. I am joined by Jacob Eisenberg. He is the community lead for NBA Top Shot and Dapper Labs. Jacob, welcome to NFTech. How are you today?
1: Jeremy, thank you for having me. Very excited to be here and excited to talk with you.
0: Yeah, no, the pleasure is mine. Listen, it is very clear in listening to you stream because I've listened to you stream waiting in queues since uh, February of this year. I've been uh, really enjoying my Top Shot experience. You love basketball. It it comes across that you are not an NFT guy who fell into Top Shot. You're a basketball guy who fell into NFTs. So can you just describe, like, where did that passion for basketball come from for you?
1: Yeah, I definitely would agree with your characterization. Uh, Growing up, just adored the Knicks, watched every game. And it really became a kind of personality type for me. Like I was obsessed with knowing the most about the NBA of all my friends. I was obsessed with memorizing the salary cap. I thought I wanted to be a general manager for a team one day. So I was really like playing NBA live and then NBA 2K judiciously more for like franchise mode, association mode, where I'm just making trade, signing free agents, simulating imposing kind of restrictions on myself. So I can't game the the system too quickly and win a championship in year one. So, you know, I always just got such a thrill of kind of like learning how players interacted with each other, how to build different teams. uh, And, you know, nothing is more exciting for me than just the game itself and, and all the entertainment that goes around the game. So free agency, the draft, uh, trade deadline, like everything about the NBA I'm just obsessed with and uh, have been for a good 25 years at this point.
0: I mean, that that comes through um, that you're really, really passionate about basketball. And I think it, it shows in in your streams and in sort of the interaction you have with players, because you can tell you're literally you're geeking out as you're interacting with these NBA players just in, in being involved in the community of basketball. I am a lifelong Bulls fan So we've done some damage to the Knicks uh, in my heyday when I was younger. We had the the Patrick Ewing and John Starks era, um, and that was a fun time as a Bulls fan. Not so much lately, but hopefully, we've got it turned around here uh, with AK. I'm hoping uh, that it's going in the right direction.
1: Yeah, Arturis looks like he's really taking on a a similar approach to what Masai Ujiri did in Toronto, being a little deliberate. The Vucevic move looks like it could be. promising but didn't start off the didn't get off to the The chemistry was not there
0: to start for sure but you know talk about a player that's typically very undervalued in the marketplace vuk would be one i feel like every moment of his is really affordable um i don't think there's a bulls moment for him yet i'm pretty sure that they haven't in one hasn't been minted yet but hopefully um we'll get one early in the season next year
1: Yeah, there is a moment that's coming out in Hollow Icon of Carl Anthony Towns breaking Vooch's ankles on the hurting my heart right now. Yeah, Yeah, right,
0: Uh, right. So let's get into your work a little more specifically in Transition from Basketball, which is, you know, you're the community lead. Uh, Collectors are really passionate about Top Shot, right? and, And it goes in both directions, like how do you manage collector expectations when we know very well it's impossible to please everyone in a community of this size, right? So how do right. you sort of make decisions that's in the best interest of of top shot itself, which means that there will be potentially some winners and some losers?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. and it, it's something that I think we're getting better at, um but it's definitely, you know as the community guy, I make it a priority to have the community's voice heard at the table when decisions are being made. Now, we oftentimes, to your point, have to juggle what will be good in community reaction for today versus what do we directionally need to do as a company to build a generational product that we anticipate to build. So like i think playoff sets really good encapsulation of that just today right like some some blowback from the community around how could you have so many moments in the set like our, our plan right now is to have over 100 playoff moments uh spanning every round of the playoffs and the reason we're doing that very much is so that collectors can come to top shot every other week and guarantee themselves a playoff pack that has a limited edition, fairly scarce moment in it. These are common packs. And that seems to cover the most bases of, if you asked our community to raise their hand if you wanted a playoff pack, a guaranteed playoff pack every other week, I think 90% or so would raise their hand. Then when you tell them, okay, but the trade-off there is if everyone raising their hand is gonna get this pack, that also means we need to have over a hundred different moments from the set to make it happen, I think you're still going to have a overwhelming majority of people say, okay, that's worth it for me. But, you know, those two concepts rolled out independently from each other feel disjointed. Like, why are you going with 125 moments from the playoff set, for example? And the reason is for all, all the things I just outlined, like it's important for us to allow a collector to get an epic playoff moment into their collection well, um, and you I have don't. to
0: keep the scarcity, if you want to keep the scarcity down to a mint of 12,000, right? It's just math, right? At some point, you have to make more moments. If you're going to cap it at 30,000 or 40,000, then it's a different story. And I know that people don't want that. So yeah, th- that's exactly what I mean. Like, it, it has to be a really fun job. It has to be a dream job for most people to do something that you're passionate about. And I talk about this with my students all the time, like find something that you love to do. But how do you like manage the stress of keeping people happy? Because I know firsthand that is not something that's possible. So like personally, what do you do to sort of keep yourself balanced and keep yourself well? Um, because it's been a rough month. I don't think there's any, I mean, it's not saying anything new. It, it, was, it was a rough month, I'm sure for you. Um, things are turning around and the market seems to be picking back up but it was a tense month. So how did you like take care of yourself during all that? Because I'm sure it had to be really behind the scenes, super intense for you guys.
1: Yeah, definitely super intense. And, you know, trying to balance the mental health with the physical health, with the kind of demand, you know, it it does become uh, a balancing act that, you know, some days are better than others for sure. Um, I think for me, my biggest thing is like, I'm never as good as they say I am when things are good and I'm never as bad as they say I am when things are bad. I'm, You know, like you can't, can't ride positive momentum and let it get to your head because this community is fickle and, and even things that are not directly in our control lead to outrage. Um, you know, there was a situation last week where we in our best of intentions to get word out about how collector score bonuses would uh, impact collector strategy. Uh, we tried to take a very kind of uh, progressive approach of, okay, let's let's explain this via stream so that we can get the community fully up to speed in the most efficient manner possible. And we realized in that process that uh, making ourselves susceptible to kind of external partners and their decisions that we need to control our own destiny so like even things that we're going into with with good intentions can backfire so you know for us and for me personally again I just really want to maintain that that even keel of like when things are good things are always you know a, a decision away from turning bad and when things are bad they're just a few base hits away from turning around. So yeah, I, I can't, really, can't get too
0: high. I identify like I run two schools and that's how it is all the time. You know, there, there's an emergency or a crisis that comes up. Everyone rallies together. Parents could be very upset. Students could be very upset and it, it is emotionally draining. So it's good to hear that you're taking care of yourself and you're prioritizing and making sure that you're, you're saying, okay, because if this is a multi-generational product and you're planning to be here for a while, um, I can imagine that burnout could be a really, you know, it could be a real thing. I want to move to the moment itself, Jacob. What is the future of the moment? And how could it? I'm not asking you to make some sort of promise, but, you know, how could it evolve? I, I keep wanting play-by-play play so badly in these, in these moments. I want the call, you know? I want Boom Goes the Dynamite. I want Stacey King. God, I want Stacey King. I'm, I want to hear some hot sauce from Stacey King. So, like, what, what is the sort of future of the moment? What can you share about how it could potentially evolve with time?
1: Yeah, I think like we have a very blank slate. I think play-by-play, obviously something that we've heard feedback from, definitely something that we will explore with our partners to see if we can make it happen. No timeline on it. We make, we have some of the best partners in the world that we uh, need to work with to make things happen. So uh, play-by-play, uh, getting upcoming uh, artists to do the the soundtrack of a, a drop, like definitely something that I think we can see. Uh, utility around moments, uh, you, you already see it with moment ranks play. I think for us, we're like continually figuring out ways to add utility to moments. So I think the team bonuses and set completion bonuses that we we rolled out last week, they make every moment in Top Shot unique and interesting to every collector. So uh, I'm excited I, about
0: I, that. I, I think, Jacob, like from a, a person who I'm a, you know, I'm qualified for hollow. I'm a, a top 2% collector been in it only since February, but I like base moments. Like for me, I, I don't feel guilty buying them. You know, I, I, it, it's nothing crazy uh, for me. I just, I'm a, I'm a fan of the base moment. And I think adding the utility to the base moment for me was so pleasing, like having the team set completion um, and then having the ability I was, I refused to buy, I don't like Jimmy Butler, so I'm not buying his run it back to complete the bull set. I refuse, Uh, but I was able to complete season two and do some other challenges to get my collector score to where it needed to be. And I think that that was a game changer from my perspective. So I want to say kudos on that. I get, and I know a lot of people in the community feel the same way. Like now when you get that random pack and you kind of get those two moments that, you know, maybe there's, there's one sort of scarcer moment and then there's the two other ones that come in like the playoff pack. Now they have, at least a, there's a little more excitement around that than there was previously. And I think people will hold because of that. So that was a good movement.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. I think like part of what is challenging is like a lot of these things have product dependencies. A lot of them have engineering dependencies. And, you know, I think we've done an adequate job, though certainly things we can do better around kind of illustrating where we're going and things that are coming from trade tickets to reselling parks packs on the marketplace to burning eventually, right? Like all these things our community knows are on the table and, and anticipated. Uh, so for me, like, I don't want to keep on building up a log of things that we're proclaiming and sharing and promising. Uh, so for me, I, I I think there's a lot of value in kind of holding off until things are ready to be shared. And I think with like the height of exasperation maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago around this stuff. Like I knew all of this was coming. So I wasn't like deep down super concerned about like the complaints that we were hearing because I knew utility was on the way, but it's a very complicated system admittedly. And it's not something that I felt was appropriate to share preemptively until we had all of the mechanics worked out.
0: Is Um, is there a timeline on burning and trade tickets like we've had this sort of introduction to the community about that coming, but is there any sort of update on sort of what type of timeline you expect for that to become active?
1: Yeah, I think that I would say trade tickets before burning, Um, burning like between us and your audience, like, I think it's something we need to, I know it's something we need to do because we said we would. It's just such a low priority in the stakes of like all the things we need to do to be a successful kind of experience. Like, I don't think we're burning the conference finals packs from last year away from kind of figuring out some of these bigger uh, community things. So uh, I think trade tickets are coming. I would say, you know, conservatively, hopefully the summer maybe bleeds into the fall. and then packs in the marketplace is something that I think is just such a a no brainer for us to do once we figure out all of the potential fraud risks that are involved, because there mm-hmm. are certainly fraud risks involved. Um, but I, I just see so much potential, both for existing collectors that have been sitting on these unopened packs for a long time. And you know maybe someone like yourself that you know, would pay a premium to get a run it back pack from last year just because those have not been available for a while. Well,
0: let's stay on run it back for a second because I want to understand what the process looks like for moments that are past. Uh, because right. I have to imagine in terms of licensing and getting agreements, like are those retired players or players that are no longer on a current team, um, how does it work with the MBPA and what does the red tape look like to do a run it back in comparison to moments that are current?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I don't want to go too inside baseball on it, but I would say you're right on, like licensing does play a role. For us, we have access to uh, the Retired Players Association. So any guy that has opted into that uh, association, uh, we have the ability to use their likeness. And and there are a handful of players that uh, we'll have to work out individual deals with when the time comes. Um, but you know, we have a very collaborative effort with the NBA and the PA. Um, and uh, at least in, as it pertained to 2013-14, the concept was, let's celebrate Giannis's rookie season. Let's celebrate Giannis's MVP. Let's run it back to then. Um, I think you will see run it backs uh, dating well before uh, 2013 coming soon, uh, whether that's a few years before or whether that's, a decade before or even more, we'll see.
0: So my, my Eddie Curry moment is coming. Is this what you're can you confirm this right now? Eddie Curry rookie year th- moment in the I pipe think you're
1: mark. getting Tyson Chandler, but probably not Eddie Curry <laughs> if We're going for the Tyson Twin Towers. Chandler. Yeah,
0: God. Well uh okay, so let's ask about this. I I as a Bulls fan, it has to be asked. Uh Chicago will disown me, even though I live in Dubai. They'll they'll they won't let me back in next month when I return home. Will MJ Ever have a moment?
1: MJ is, in my opinion, the greatest basketball player of all time. Well, and I mean,
0: that's that's not opinion. Let's just say it's fact. Let's just go on record right now that there is there is no discussion in this matter in the goat I, comp, in the goat discussion. I, MJ I, is I, the goat.
1: I'll give LeBron the discussion. There's a discussion, but I'll still go with MJ. Okay, fair but enough. I do think that our heart is very much in line with Michael Jordan is an investor in Dapper Labs. We have a good relationship with him. If we are able to find a way to work together in the future, we will absolutely prioritize that opportunity. I don't have a timeline for you. Um, I wouldn't say that it's 100% going to happen. I also wouldn't close the door on it maybe happening one day.
0: Is that of importance to to get your birds, Jordan's magics into collectors' hands, like where, where does that, where does that rank for you? Uh, I I wouldn't
1: say it's uh, the top of the list, but I think it is of importance. Um, I think we'll we'll start with um, just figuring out ways to make the collector experience the best it possibly can be, and. I think everyone in the community would agree that collecting the best players of all time has a lot of kind of intrinsic value in that optimal collector experience, the ability to know that there's a a playing field with the greats. I, I think that that makes the collecting decision tree even more interesting. So definitely something I'm open to and and look forward to exploring with the team.
0: I know we're short on time. I have one more thing to ask you. Hopefully we can have you back again. Uh, there's a bunch of things that I'd love to to touch base with you on. Um, and and in this educate this podcast is meant to be an NFT podcast, not exclusively a top shot podcast. So the goal is to demystify NFTs for for people and have people understand some of the technology, but also for communities of, of people who like NFTs to be able to exchange information. I have been running a contest with my friends at My Moment. The uh the My Moment folks have created their own NFT display. And I created a contest where they're the basically to win, they had to pitch their worst NFT idea possible. So do you mind? I'm gonna give you four. Can you tell me which one of these is the worst NFT idea you've heard? You you're down for that.
1: Would love to.
0: Okay, so someone's going to win. Jacob is going to announce the winner. The first one is an NFT of the worst traffic, nonstop honking in no movement. This comes from Chris at C2Nasty. That's option one. Option two, a cell phone video of someone playing a Top Shot moment. That comes from Gentleman Joe 16 The third, NFTs of different kinds of soap that is from azazel at starkiller99z and the last one from the canadian goon nft shapes i'm talking squares circles triangles and anything else which one of those jacob is the worst nft idea
1: i think it's the soap
0: i have to i, go I have to agree with you that would have been my vote so congratulations azazel at starkiller99z my moment will get in touch with you jacob thank you so much for giving me your time. I really appreciate it. And I hope this will be the first of many conversations we can have. Um, we're a big fan of you and your work. And I know I speak for the vast majority of the top shot community where we say we appreciate your efforts to make this product multi-generational and make it last. And I know that's not something easy to do. So thank you so much for joining us today,
1: Jeremy. Thank you for having me. Definitely look forward to joining again in the future and, uh, Congrats, Azazel, for such a profound NFT idea.
0: There, I I think we're fully in agreement. There, that's it's an amazing idea. So, thank you so much, uh, and and we'll have you on again. Thanks. I want to thank Jacob Eisenberg, community lead for NBA Top Shot, for joining me today. Really glad to have him as a friend of the podcast, Uh, and I want to congratulate again. Adam Fish is our NFT lead correspondent for NBA Top Shot. Looking forward to have him on this Saturday's recording with none other than Mr. Pack Rip Ewing. Really looking forward to that. Also, I'll be recording tomorrow with at Desert Minter, Steve Bambury. We're going to be talking about some NFT art projects uh, and sort of what to look for. A lot of people when asking for an episode focus on like what to look for when looking for you know open sea projects to, to buy or to get involved with and we'll talk through how steve does some of that work and, and does his research and we'll share it with you so without further ado uh, i want to thank you for listening thank you for sharing the episode we are now over 100 listeners unique listeners per episode which is an amazing feat for only uh five episodes in and i just want to thank you all for your continued support. Take care of yourselves and we will talk to you on Thursday's episode where I release the At Desert Mentor uh, episode with Steve Banbury. Until then, take care and God bless.